Welcome to Adama Stars, Naked Truths. My name is Junior and I'm a filmmaker, an entrepreneur, a husband to an amazing wife and a father of two wonderful children. The purpose of this podcast is to share my and other people's life experiences to help equip us with the tools necessary to get through trauma. So thanks for tuning back in. So today I want to talk about having ultimate confidence in yourself. Now for the last several months in the film industry in particular, it's been very quiet in terms of work. I mean, there's films being made, but not in the same degree that that there has been over the last, let's say, two years in particular. And really since COVID, there hasn't really been a time like this in the last, let's say, 10 years. And what it means is that despite, you know, good people being able to do their job really well, the confidence in a lot of people have been here. So, you know, this episode um, is kind of really aimed in renewing those people's confidence and finding a way for them to kind of dig deep into why they actually got into film in the first place. And even though, you know, we're going through injury as a whole going through like a a little storm the storm outside shouldn't dictate the peace inside the storm outside shouldn't dictate the peace inside the outside will be what it is but what won't be is the inside since my adolescence i have had to muster the faith to become something which at times proved very difficult But what got me through such times was this idea that one day I'd be able to work in an industry whereby magic was created, whereby the very stories that inspired me, that motivated me to become something that I wasn't able to be, I now could add to. Desire in being, you know, in films became my lifeline. I had this ultimate confidence in the vision that was placed within me to the point that faith almost vanished because it was replaced with something, what I would call the knowing. I knew it would happen. So I celebrated in it. Literally, I would wake up smiling, you know, because it's like, yo, I'm making films. And even though I wasn't making any films at that moment of time, then I would just you know, praise, you know, praise the most high, you know, was, you know, clapping and everything. Yeah, it was, it was like a, you know, I was boarding church, you know, sometimes up in the morning, you know, and it might sound silly, but, you know, when you've come from a place whereby you're regarded as being nothing or, or a place of lack in whatever capacity, being happy in something that brings you joy is all that you have. Learn how to be happy in the hope when the current reality says something else. For me, it was powerful. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. You know, we all go through a, a little moments whereby we want the same thing to happen all the time. And sometimes it doesn't happen like that. You know, you can't control what happens outside, but what you can control is what's happening within. Um, and at times it's like people are working and they are having success, but I'm not having success. And you kind of look at yourself in terms of, or oh, I'm a failure or I'm doing something wrong or and it kind of makes you unhappy. And I feel that th- that is the problem whereby you're letting the external dictate 
the internal state. And it should never be that way. Um, because if that's the case, then you get to that point whereby you're always chasing your tail. And the reason why you're in it is now superficial because now you're doing it because someone else is doing it or they're busy. So that means you have to be busy. So that now life is not on your vision or in your terms. It's now based upon other people's terms. I would just stuff my face, you know, wallow in my self-pity um, and give me any, and give myself basically an excuse not to do anything apart from everything else that wasn't helping me move forward. It was in these moments that I had to learn how to separate my current reality to that of my happiness, focus instead on being still as I'm not my thoughts, knowing who I am and whose I am, whilst ensuring that my faith was big enough that I became numb to the temporary pain that I was going through. Now, this was this is a big thing, and, and it, it kind of happened in different stages. But for me, it was profound because it allowed me now to make the main thing the main thing, get out of my own way, and be still. Be still in the knowing, not in the, the idea that, oh, that could be. No, in the idea that it is, right? Now, when you operate from out of something that is already happening, it empowers you because now you're not objectifying. Now you can you walk with a different level of confidence or self-belief. And it, it may seem kind of egotistical, but it's, it's not because it's coming from a place of love and understanding that in order for you to be all that you need to be, you must truly believe that you can be and you are everything you want to be. Now, this led me to having this almost divine confidence in myself, you know, a confidence based upon love for the seed that had been placed within me, fused with a passion to become a gardener, committed to the watering and protecting of that vision so that it can grow and truly blossom. In our moments, it's very difficult to see the external light or options that surround us. But in many circumstances, the light you know, that we look for doesn't necessarily come from outside, but from within. Many people in history had this faith that their storm will cease because they could see the rainbow on the other side. So they endured enough to give birth to something special because they knew it was only temporary. The issue isn't a circumstance. The issue is how bad you actually want to conceive the vision that has been placed within you. I recently read a book called Three Feet Away from Gold by Sharon Letcher and Greg Reed. Now, one of the stories that this whole book is based upon that serves as a running theme is a true story of a man that sold a piece of land whereby he found, you know, a bit of gold on. And, but due to his lack of passion and, and understanding of the business of mining or gold mining in particular, he cared only about getting rich. So because he couldn't maximize the the amount of gold that was he was able to mine from this land, he decided to sell what he perceived as a worthless dry piece of land to a junk man. Now this junkman that he sold it to 
was passionate about gold mining and surrounded himself with wise counsel. When he purchased the land for mere pounds, he understood that if gold was mined there and found that in order for more gold to be dug out, the science of mining had to be understood. The previous owner had drilled past the gold line. If that previous owner had backed up or moved his drill pipe three feet to the left or right, he would have seen that there was gold beyond his wildest dreams. This junk man, armed with greater insight, passion and zeal for, you know, mining gold, understood the science and went on to, you know, experience one of the biggest gold mines in American history. Now, I took different things from the story, but the two things that stood out for me was, firstly, one, this junk man was an investor. He bought large pieces of land. From the outside, it may just seem as junk, but the iceberg is always bigger beneath the surface. Secondly, that he was passionate about the business of gold mining and that he surrounded himself with not only wise counsel, but he was in the best possible position to procure the land needed to mine. This in turn led to him being in the best position to handle his new position. He must have had this ultimate confidence that one day his moment would change. And to me, that's, you know, I take a lot of strength from that because, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, we go through a lot of stuff, you know, we, you know, from, from the, from the outside, it seems like, you know, for me personally, you know, from the outside, it seems like, what is this guy doing? You know, he's went from this profession to another profession and, you know, it's like, like, what is he playing at? But they don't know that I had to study to be improved. You know, I had to, had to put in the hours. I had to invest. I had to become obsessed with with cameras, with films, with the the language of telling a scene, you know, how to edit, how to how to interpret a script. Like this, there's so many things that go into becoming, you know, in, in my Pacific Pacific, you know, profession, you know, a camera operator, right? And I had to kind of transition from one state to another state. And from the outside, people are like, yo, this guy's crazy. You know, but in my head, I'm saying to myself, no, I'm doing everything I need to, 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 to you know, to stay in the place, to stay in this field that I'm, I'm completely passionate about. This junk man, you know, you see this person, it's like, yo, it's like, this guy just looks like a, this is like a person that, you know, you don't really think anything of. But deep down, this person was planning, was preparing, was inquiring, was learning. And even though, you know, like everyone, we have our storms, he kept on pushing for the vision is for an appointed time. And I take a lot of strength from that. I take a, a whole leap of strength from that. Because what it does, it means that I shouldn't allow my current circumstance to dictate my happiness but I should allow the vision that I have written down that I dwell upon that I meditate to you know drive me 
guide me, you know, and keep reminding me of who I said I was. So for me, my moments of lack of work or major setbacks only strengthen my cause. It's a, a constant reminder that my gold rush is around the corner. If I'm in a storm, I need to dig deep and become more sensitive to what life is trying to teach me as life happens for you, not to you. I can't become self-destructive or lose sight in my storm if I'm following my vision, which in many ways is my map, you know, that has been placed within me. Ultimate confidence is linked to being so clear of your future that your present storms are weathered more easily. I would sum up the above with the following. Number one, it might as well be you. So write the vision down and celebrate that reality into existence. The vision becomes like a map with the spirit being that compass that gives you the sight to see and the ears to hear. Trusting in what's being placed within you is vital as it's the only thing that you have that you can control. Number two, align your mind with your heart. Stop wrestling with yourself and be one. Moments of self-doubt and even oppression lessen your ability to be still. The internal determines the external, not the other way around. When the mind is at peace, your external reality will change accordingly. Loving yourself enough to have faith in you is like wearing a helmet of salvation. A helmet protects damage from the outside, but also gives you more time for the vision inside to be fulfilled. And three, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Change what the heart consumes so that your words uplift rather than destroy. With the same tongue comes both blessing and cursing. Keep the energy high and intense so that even in your storms, there's more positive electrons than the negative ones. Keep the scale in absolute terms on the positive side in order for planted flowers to blossom greater than the weeds of death. Thank you for tuning in. And that brings me to the end of this part of this episode. I hope it has helped someone, even if it's just one person, keep on fighting. Please send me your messages as it would be great to hear your thoughts on similar battles and grow together. Thank you.